0: Welcome to the Inner Trends Podcast, welcome to the future of mobility, simply stay on track. Welcome to our fifth episode of the InnoTrans podcast. Today we have one of the key players of railway in the US market. In our interview today is Regina Beringer. From comments and first of all as usual I welcome on show now Kerstin Schulz, director of InnoTrans. Hi Kerstin, how are you doing?
1: Hi Tim, I'm fine. How are you?
0: Well, actually i'm really excited again this is really exciting and uh, we want to present today to our audience something that is a bit unique actually at innotrans because uh, as you all know we got a new uh, we we spoke about that we got a new hall hub 27 and we got a lot of space here a lot of really plenty of exhibitors and uh, sometimes i even wonder how to find the the latest trends that i really care about or that. Are interesting for me. And Kerstin, Innotrans has something for the trade visitors.
1: Yeah, right. We have a program which is really bite-sized uh, for um, participants and for visitors and especially for journalists, because when you are a journalist, you have to search for the world innovations in 42 halls, which is pretty much exhausting, it's a lot. And therefore we have that special program. You go on a world innovation tour and you get presented um, the world innovations um, from one hand actually. So it's much easier.
0: And uh, we also uh, have our guide because, you know, some people like tours. It's like like tourism, Uh, it's like, I mean, 42 holes. that is like a, a, a little city trip actually if you're going on on a on a on a trip where the guy was the umbrella so
1: um yeah we always say you, you need always sneakers when you visit <laughs> that In a is, that is, <laughs> that's true
0: uh, that's true but we also got for the people who are like more individual i want to do it on my own i want to be like the um what to say uh, the pioneer the, 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 if you want to be like Christopher Columbus and uh, find out things, discover, discover is the word, discover InnoTrans uh, on your own, but with a guide. We also got uh, the word innovation guide, actually. That is uh, a little booklet, I would say, where you find the, the latest trends. And I also, um, invite all the exhibitors of InnoTrans 2022 to, to apply for, uh, for participating. You find that on our InnoTrans Press website soon. And uh, Kerstin, we have today a guest from a big country that is a really important market. And you told me uh, before our our recording actually a funny, a little bit funny story. Uh, Would you mind sharing it with our listeners?
1: Yes, of course. Um, When we were in America for the first time presenting InnoTrends on another trade fair, we had a booth at the other trade show. And there, was, uh, there were visitors coming and saying, hey, what are you producing? And I said, yeah, we don't produce uh, products. We are a trade show. Yeah, but what, I, what are your products, actually? And I said, yeah, we, we organize a show. It's a little bit bigger than this one. And um, they said, yeah, OK. And then the year after, we were again at a trade show in America. And then there were people coming up saying, I want to go to that thing. It's so huge. <laughs> And that was really kind of breakthrough. Um, And then it started that the um, American industry um, came over to Innotrans more and more. And we have a good relationship with the American association. So it went pretty well.
0: And and I mean, the U.S. is, uh, for me, I always, uh, when when I hear... uh, People tend me to tell me to to not say that so often, like I did on our podcast with uh, colleagues from Switzerland. Re- but when I think of the US, I think of um, always the aim to to be bigger somehow, as to get mm-hmm. like to get like more. And um, a- as you just mentioned, we got 42 halls actually here at uh, our InnoTrans fairground, and uh, you need to have an eye-catching item actually to be to present yourself at your booth. And uh, our today's guest um, has something special to, or let's say remarkable, to to be eye-catched by the people.
1: Yeah, it's really um, amazing. When you go to a trade show and you um, you go into a hall and you look from above to the hall, then you see a red motor and you think, it's coming Immediately. You know, there's a red motor. It's like Ferrari. You know, there's a red motor, and this is Cummins. This is really amazing. It's so remarkable.
0: <laughs> so, um, it's Cummins. It's also now our time to say it's coming because we got now comments actually in the interview. Kerstin, thank you so much for the interview. uh We are back uh, actually next month with the uh, German Aerospace Center, but more to that later. Kerstin, goodbye.
1: Bye bye. Thank you.
0: So now we have our interview. Today's guest is Cummins. Cummins is a leading global independent engine manufacturer and is a company with complementary business units that design, manufacture, distribute, and service diesel and gas engines and related technologies, including fuel system, controls, air handling, filtration, emission solutions, and power generators. And I welcome now on show Regina Beringer, General Manager. Hi.
2: Tim, thank you so much. Happy to be here.
0: That sounds like you have plenty of really interesting topics actually uh, on your table, on your desk, actually. So many different topics your company is actually dealing with and you, you've been working at Cummins for more than 20 years. Um, that's, that's plenty, plenty, a lot. And uh, imagine you could be in a different profession. Maybe you could be an author. If you could write a book that was guaranteed to be a bestseller, uh, what, what, what would you write, actually?
2: That is a great question. I actually think I would write a, a storybook, maybe a, a, a short storybook about different people that I've met Throughout my life, I, um, I I often find inspiration in the challenges that I face in my personal life and the the challenges that I see uh, my family, friends, coworkers go through, where they've worked really hard to overcome a, a situation with determination and just an optimism that's inspiring. And I think throughout my whole life, I've seen people you know, just make the best of opportunities. And I really build upon those and, mm. and take them into personal inventory and use those as inspiration for myself. And I, I think a collection of those inspirational stories of optimism and determination would be, would be something people would embrace and enjoy.
0: That actually sounds like it could be really a better What would you name it? Actually, do, do you have some kind of title? Because it was really you—you you have it was really detail-rich uh, information you just mentioned. Is there a title, maybe?
2: You know, I I hadn't thought that far, Tim. Uh, that's putting me on the spot a bit. But I, you know, I mean, it's a—it's kind of that challenging road. So I would have to come up with something, you know, about a pathway to, um, you know, something better. So I, I don't have anything creative for you, but I certainly. Can can feel uh, that there would be something something rich there, and I and I agree. I, I I'm actually an English major. That was my uh, undergrad, so maybe I thought about it longer than than uh, before the question. You know, so oh,
0: it's it's really cool. It's really 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 cool. And I think that the the main spirit you just mentioned about change and uh, always having to I don't know to to get on a next level to to co op with with new issues coming up. That's maybe also great lead to our interview now. And to the first question, um, how does the rail fit into the overall transportation industry? You're an expert. You worked for commons for more than 20 years. So you've seen a lot of challenges, I guess, over the, the past 20 years.
2: Yeah. It, 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 rail is just an integral part of moving people and goods in one of the most efficient and effective you know, cost-reduced um, emissions-controlled ways, so it's it's an effective way to uh, put together things that need to be moved, whether that's people or goods, um, and and just streamlining that process. And it actually then can take congestion uh, out of cities or suburbs or areas where that are where there's high transport already. So this is an effective way to be able to do that. And the technology that's available in the industry is actually making that. Um, to become one of the most fuel efficient and emissions reduced options as well. So it's just a, a great mode of transportation that fits very well into our overall ecosystem and, and working toward those sustainability goals that, that we're all after.
0: So as you just said, there is a lot of potential. Actually, also you you worked as business development manager. So maybe we could talk about some general future predictions here. Um, how is your company House Cummins staying ahead the curve in the rail?
2: That's a it's a great question. So when we think about Cummins and how we fit into the rail landscape, we we actually recognize that um, folks may see us as a long standing diesel company, but Commons has made some very significant investments in different and alternative technologies over the past several years that really start putting us um, in a space where our performance and sustainability are are cutting edge to the customer. So we're looking forward to bringing that to this industry and staying ahead of that, in fact, that, that curve, if you will, and offering the type of technology that gives customers the choices uh, that they're looking for in terms of innovation and sustainability reliability so so we're really focused on that with our our portfolio of products available mm-hmm. to rail
0: so that's actually that's actually brilliant for us here at innotrans and the next question i would i would simply just uh, just go on with that uh, so what trends do you see coming in rail and how are you preparing for them maybe for innotrans 2022
2: <laughs> right. So, I mean, just thinking exactly, and, and I hope we get to see each other in person. I, I just would say yeah, that, um, you know, from from an emissions standpoint, it's just this continued focus on sustainability, uh, cleaner and healthier and safer planet. And, and we're all looking at, you know, the architecture choices, the technology choices that bring this to the forefront. And I hear and see Customers, uh, you know, companies globally thinking about how how do I contribute to these overall sustainability goals? And so in rail, we see this coming to the forefront where, you know, end users are are placing upon themselves sustainability goals that may be even more uh, above and beyond what are required. Right? They're looking at how how do I as a company, you know, look at my inventory, mm-hmm. my assets, my overall contribution to global emissions and and make choices that improve and reduce and just, you know, further enhance sustainability. So cleaner emissions, this is just a key theme, sustainability, key theme, and and looking at options to to become cleaner and more fuel efficient and, and even get to zero emissions with some time. Um, and then, in terms of you know, like developing products, offering solutions that give customers those choices, we know that customers are in different spaces. Uh, in their portfolio of products, and they may need a range of solutions and are keeping their eye on that zero emissions target. So, how do I get there? What do I need to be doing? So, as we look at the Commons portfolio, we're keeping that in mind in terms of what our real customers need. And how do we walk from mm. a diesel emissions type, like a tier four type solution, all the way through to a hydrogen or uh, zero emissions type solution? So, those products are super important. To, to meeting those emissions targets that and sustainability goals that companies have in mind, and then just further to that, you know, what can we do to continue to optimize in this space? Whether that's a, a digital or hmm. a maintenance type solution that just continues to enhance and improve efficiency, because we know that that customers need to optimize, you know, their total cost of ownership, their lifecycle cost. This is very important. So. Okay. Those kinds of, of targets in mind.
0: So this is like uh, we, we we spoke before uh, in our podcast with like Siemens Mobility or turbo so European based uh, companies, and uh, we we also we always had the feeling that the this mindset towards zero emission is getting stronger and stronger. Um, so as we just speak, I, I feel that the US that US the global leader or the leader in the u.s market also aiming for that goal so let me ask you, you your company is like say i don't want it has been in the race of sector for for quite a long time so you are like in german we would say oh that means that you're mm-hmm. you've been there for ages and you're like like a stone you're like really in the in the in the in the scene actually so you're so what developments actually do you see uh, for the future for rail and how are you preparing for it for 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 your market for the international market
2: i think that's a great question and you know in terms of of how we're preparing for it i want to go back to just this understanding and recognition several years ago that you know there is a huge requirement from our customers to to have alternatives to diesel to meet those zero emissions requirements mm-hmm. so building out our portfolio in terms of adding uh, battery hybrid hydrogen capability hydrogen storage hydrogen production you know that hydrogen supply chain being able to support alternative technologies that really give our customers the choices that they're looking for to achieve zero emissions. And and we know that zero emissions products are, as you mentioned, most everyone is is talking about how do I get to zero emissions. So our ability to broaden Mm -hmm. our scope and our architecture choices, our technology choices for customers has just been critical, and so these, uh, in, in terms of what the developments are, they they're going to need customers will need architecture choices to continue to reduce emissions from their products. And so, uh, as we look at what we have available today, we have solutions that are something that can fit in, you know, products today where we can also offer you know, yeah. forward-looking solutions for future you know, locomotives or you know, d- developments in, in trains. So we have prime mover options that, that offer customer solutions uh, to ver- from very low emissions today to zero emission options in the future.
0: So, so the demand is actually is is pretty strong here over in Europe, and uh, we we just spoke with Foy Turbo at our last uh, Innotrans podcast episode. We spoke about a lot about the the future of freight actually, uh, about um, about how how we can shift uh, it from from airplanes to to, to the tracks actually. Mm-hmm. And your company is increasing its uh, presence also there. Um, so where does the future lie for freight, and how are you preparing for it?
2: So when we think about the QSK95, our uh, 4,000 plus horsepower diesel engine solution.
0: It sounds really cool. The name, I just, sorry to interrupt you, but the name sounds really cool. How, how do you come up with the name? Like, this sounds like a super secret um,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's it's just it, it fits right into our product naming uh, category 95 it's a 95 okay. engine so it's uh, a very it's catchy it's engine. catchy thank you i i appreciate that thank you so much we're very proud of it um i actually started with cummins as you mentioned over 20 years ago in the plant in seymour indiana that produces the qsk 95 they manufacture it in seymour indiana and so it's uh, i'm very proud to say that i've I started my career there and and now I'm actually located there again. I've moved to different locations within Cummins and in Indiana. And now I'm back in Seymour with the QSK 95 being produced right in the same building, which is just fantastic. And in terms of of this product, it's perfectly positioned in terms of performance, reliability and horsepower to meet the requirements of freight. So uh, this product is, is capable and ready for, uh, you know, use case in freight, and then thinking forward and and going back to mm-hmm. the investments that we've made in in options that are alternatives to diesel. You know, hybrid solutions, electric or battery solutions, and and hydrogen. You know, thinking forward as these options are are scalable to meet requirements um, for these types of applications. So we're just being. Very thoughtful and prepared about our architecture solutions and understand that customers are looking for a roadmap. And so we're being prepared uh, and talking very openly about our architecture choices and our investment in technology to be able to meet these types of requirements.
0: All the things you just mentioned. Um, what are the different uh, considerations that go into designing and customizing? You, you speak a lot about your customers, so the so the the, the mindset is customer. To- I, I, my my opinion, it sounds like it's totally customer customer focused. Um, how do you design and customize engines for passenger application versus freight?
2: You know, I, I would say that um, in a lot of cases, customers are, are just, I mean, they have high expectations, very high expectations for quality, performance, reliability, excellent service and support, which we have a, a fantastic global distribution and service and support network within Cummins. So these are very common requirements uh, across customers i would say considerations that differentiate maybe in terms of some of the maintenance and operation some of the duty cycle in terms of how how much they push the product or how much how hard they use the product so thinking about those things and making sure that we're designing our product to meet the the industry standards and requirements for maintenance intervals mm-hmm. and then you know also just thinking about The flexibility and adapting the new technologies. Uh, Certain markets are more likely to embrace uh, innovative technologies ahead of others. So, thinking through how we're you know managing and working with customers to meet them where they are in terms of the expectations for the product, and then also introducing the new technologies that make sense um, as they're ready for those technologies. So, just being prepared for those conversations, understanding the industry requirements, and of course, as you said, at the center of all this is the customer what do they need you know from comments and and we're prepared to have those conversations and talk about our our architectures our technology and understand what they may need from us that that could differentiate their their solution um, so so those those conversations are always open
0: yeah so let us maybe now talk a bit about the uh, I, I would say elephant in the room because um we, we always speak now about zero emissions and we say we, we have to we have to get this shift um, to, to a zero emission um, railway technology. Actually, let us talk maybe a bit about diesel and um, diesel has dominated rail for many decades. So will it continue actually to be relevant?
2: Diesel. I, so diesel has a, a very long runway. It will be relevant in certain markets and certain uh, sub-segments or applications within rail. Mm. So certainly there are uh, areas of the world where there's a clear shelf life, if you will, for diesel, right? Some some countries have just made a, a clear distinction on when um, they will no longer invest in a, a diesel power solution. And we completely understand that, which is why we've invested in alternatives to diesel and, and offering customers these choices there are certainly areas of the world where diesel will remain very relevant for a very long time, including certain applications, such as if you think about track maintenance or emergency response type vehicles, oftentimes these are required to be self-propelled independent of a grid or battery or others such that they can be operated very quickly and on their own, um, without any sort of other, uh, dependence. So, so so certainly there'll be a long runway for diesel.
0: So, um, as you just mentioned, you try to to, um, to well, I want to say, but you try to satisfy the customer demand for for zero emission. There's also the the long long run. Um, or let's say, there, but there's also diesel as as really uh, proved actually a way of railway technology. Um, what are the new technologies you're developing actually?
2: Yeah, in addition to um, investing in alternative solutions around hydrogen and hybrid battery options, we have uh, Preventech as a new product that that Cummins has developed as our uh, newest remote engine monitoring and reporting solution. And so it it combines engine hardware, digital technologies, Mm data-driven expert analysis, um, to provide proactive recommendations that allow customers to increase their um, equipment availability, improve safety and reliability, and then enhance operational efficiency.
0: So, sounds like one, one should see actually that product at Innotrans 2022 because that sounds really interesting. Maybe it's 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 a nice thing to view actually at a booth. And uh, you're an expert, as mentioned, you're, uh, you, you've been in that uh, field of, of business for over 20 years. So what do you suge- uh, suggest what new technologies are replacing diesel, electric? Is it hydrogen fuel cells? What are the challenges actually to, uh, um, to adopting these new technologies?
2: Yeah, I, I I think both, you know, you mentioned electric and hydrogen. I, I see depending on where you are in the world and, and, you know, what your application is appetite for both of these types of technologies, including hybrid models that may embrace a downsized or smaller version of a diesel engine complemented with like a battery. Um, so, so, you know, the, the, the hydrogen technology, it's certainly, um, you know, just, it's um, uh, just launching, right. It's, it's kind of in its infancy mm-hmm. still. And, um, you know, we're definitely, Um, learning a lot and and seeing it in application, but it's still certainly very early. And when you think about uh, how long we've been in diesel, it's a hundred years. So um, these these challenges and growing, but certainly we are, um, um, you know, moving forward with these technologies. So I think it's just a matter of becoming comfortable with the new technology, but we're certainly seeing it uh, take shape and take hold in certain areas of the world very quickly.
0: How how long do you suggest just... uh... Out of the blue, how long do you suggest will it take to actually get this uh, transformation?
2: You know, it's a it's difficult question.
0: I know it's a difficult question, it's difficult. It's a difficult question. Difficult because <laughs> we're
2: actually seeing transformation occur now, uh, where we have running yeah. trains yeah. in in certain parts of Germany, right? And, and and so in certain parts of Europe, we're seeing um, light commuter rail trains already running on hydrogen. So I think it's uh, it's 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 there it's just continuing to to um influence and affect and i think a lot of people are watching to see how this does and and how hydrogen yeah. shapes the rest of the world and certainly um people are very interested in in watching how things go but when you say how long, certain areas of the world are already there, and and then I would say depending on hmm. your your location in the world, your commitment from maybe your your you know uh, local state or or government, there may be other commitments around uh, yes. working toward a hydrogen type economy quite quickly, right? So so I think it's 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 upon us. Um, I I don't have a, a you know a global date, but I, we're seeing it happen already. Uh, so so it's upon us.
0: We now have to get to the last question, actually, because time is running. Um, You just mentioned location. So tell us about the hydrogen fuel cells being used in Germany and the Netherlands. Um, Do you expect them to gain more traction or what are the limitations and the advantages of hydrogen fuel cells technology, in your opinion?
2: Yeah, thanks for that, Tim. We're very proud of the, you know, commons technology that's powering the Cordia Island it's the world's first hydrogen passenger train. We're, you know, we're seeing this system, um, a very effective system reducing noise and vibration with fast refueling and um, the ability to turn uh, what were existing like non-electrified railway lines into zero emission lines without costly or long-range electrification infrastructure um, introducing lower maintenance and maintenance and operating cost expenditures. So overall, just... Um, A highly efficient system and you know an alternative uh, to the diesel combustion engine of course so seeing that improvement immediately in emissions and um, some other improvements that I mentioned there I think in terms of you know some of the limitations it's just there's this technology is very new so um, a lot of of newness is exciting actually it's
0: it's really exciting it
2: is it's very exciting we're we're very proud of it yes thank you
0: and we we just noticed because our our time is now nearly nearly over, and we just noticed we we could keep on talking actually. We could keep on talking about all these excitement, new ways, or the the development actually. And I guess that is um, that is a great great thing to do at Innotrans 2022. Um, and we're um, we really looking forward to what's happening next. So uh, thank you again, Miss Beringer, for the interview. Um, it was a pleasure to, to welcome you from the U.S. here. Uh, I'm sitting in Berlin. Um, it, it's great. It's great. Thank you. to uh, f- Thanks that you, you've been on our show.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much, Tim. My pleasure. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: So this was it for today. We had a lot of interesting thoughts, actually, about the future of mobility. And uh, our InnoTrans podcast will be back at the 13th of July with the German Aerospace Center. And if you're curious right now what the German Aerospace Center has to do with the Innotrans, you got to tune in again. We are really looking forward um, to Professor Dr. Siefkes And till then, we say simply stay on track and we will hear again. Thank you and hear you soon.